Podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly, and I'm here with Kat, former manager extraordinaire, bookseller. Uh, well, I was going to say you're the bane of my existence, but it's really the other way around. <laughs> it depends on the day. It really does depend on the day. Uh, how, how are you feeling, Kat? You know, just keeping on, keeping on. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not an answer. Like, what do you say nowadays? People are like, how are you? And I'm like, I don't know. The world's still on fire. So like, meh. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, have you read anything good lately? Being that you are a bookseller, tread carefully. <laughs> Being that I am a bookseller, I should be reading a lot more. Mm. Um, but I did read this really great mystery um, about um, two... It's like Sherlock Holmes and Watson, except both of them are lesbians and way cleverer and amazing. Hmm. I love it so much. Do you have a title? That's such a good question. <laughs> I ask the hard wait. questions on this podcast. Hey, wait, wait, the book's right here. The book's right here. It is called Fortune Favors the Dead. Fantastic. By Stephen Spotswood. That's a fantastic title. I really enjoy that, actually. It is. It is out now. I'm not sure when this will go out, but it is already out when we're recording. So it's out. <laughs> and it'll probably stay um, out because that's how books work generally, I found. Generally. You hope, but we are having a lot of printing problems. That it's really true. good, though. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to start. Uh, we all love some lesbians, except those of us who don't love lesbians. But they're wrong. So, Cat, uh, <clears throat> I have some questions yes. for you. I like to start out when I have new guests. By asking a very simple but very loaded question. How do you feel about romance <laughs> novels? <laughs> and be honest, I'll know if you're lying. <laughs> um, well, I am a fan of romance novels for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Uh, What's that reason, seems loaded. <laughs> The reason is, is I read romance novels for the sex. Okay. I'm not, I like romance, like I'm into romance. Mm -hmm. I like romance in my books. I like Mm -hmm. it in my TV shows, but it's not, like if I'm going to pick up a romance novel, there's a goal, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) That, I mean, that's, that's a perfectly valid reason for like your romance novels. Like I feel like everyone kind of has, I mean, everyone exists on a spectrum who reads romance novels, right? We all exist on the spectrum of, you know, what we enjoy, um, about them and you know for me sex does not really play into it very much at all um, except for usually it kind of is intertwined with the emotional climax of the, of the story <laughs> um, but you know that that doesn't make my reasoning any more valid than just liking to read them because they're hot right <laughs> like yeah yeah I like I like you know the the mild watered down erotica like mm-hmm. it's not full-on porn where you have to like feel almost ashamed of yourself at least the way I was raised mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a solid in between you know yeah yeah I mean there's nothing wrong with a little sauciness you know we all need a little bit of spice and sometimes uh we find that with like aliens or or other such like creatures in in fun and fancy little romance novels can you tell what I've been reading lately no okay <laughs> 
I know exactly what you've been reading. <laughs> we're not, we're not, hey, hey, we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about something else that I've been reading. <laughs> okay? Has, is, so is this what you have planned for me? Like, oh. you you knew that you wanted to, to discuss this subject with me? I've had this subject in mind for two months for you. Um, and for a very specific reason. Um, a, it's very niche. B, it's got, God, it's got so much kinky shit in it. Oh, my God. Like, so much. Um, which is, like, obviously, I just said, I don't really read these books for sex. So, um, <laughs> there's, for me, like, I read these books and a lot of times I was just like, whoa, whoa, Jesus. Um, someone please get a mop. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I read them and I immediately went, oh, you know who would love this? <laughs> yeah, that would be me. That um, would be me. But then here's the thing. I went on this journey because I found these books and I was like, oh, this is wild and fun and, and very, very interesting and not something that I knew existed, but made sense once, you know, I found it. And I thought of you and I thought of, you know, how you love weird kinky sex shit. And then uh, I did some research on it because... I was like, huh, you know, I think there, huh, there may be some troubling themes with this. And then I did the research and I was right. <laughs> and I, oh it was a real fucking bummer. Um, so uh, we are going to take a journey today. So Kat, I'm going to ask you another question. Yes. How do you feel about tusks? The fuck? Just answer the question. <laughs> no, co- you're not going to give me any context? You you're mean just, like elephant tusks? Hey, bud, you just got to answer the fucking question. What do you have to fear? Just answer the question. The sharp pointy end. Well, yeah, but <laughs> answer the question. I feel, I feel good. I feel good about tasks. I can make that work. Okay. I can make anything work. Cool. Cool. Question number three. Um, would you fuck an orc? Uh, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, dear God. Um, you know, this was not on the list of magical creatures that we discussed. Asking the hard questions. I... Just call me a real journalist. Are we, are we are we talking about like a Lord of the Rings orc? We're talking whatever version of orcs you can imagine. And we're going to get deep into like what Lord of the Rings orcs have to do with things because honestly most orcs as we know them today derive from Lord of the Rings. Um so yes, yes and no depending on, you know, what you vibe in. You could also be D&D orcs, it could be um uh, World of Warcraft orcs and, and what all, uh, you know. You know, I don't like to limit myself. Okay. So I'd probably say it is a possibility because, quite frankly, now that you say tusks, mm-hmm. that's a good handhold. It's you a good handhold. Hard to kiss, that's though, huh? That's a good huh? handhold. Yeah, who gives a fuck about that? <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> we know where your priorities are. Uh, okay. So today we are obviously going to be talking about um a very niche subgenre that i assumed was much larger than it is but as far as i can tell actually 
as far as public fiction goes, uh, it doesn't actually have as much as I thought it would. But maybe that says something about me, that I thought it would be way more popular. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I did ask V, I, 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 you know, I've been looking for, for books to read in this subgenre for, you know, obviously a few months. And um, I sent her a chat the other day that I was like, hey, what does it say about me that I just assumed there was like way more of these than there is? And she's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that says. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. Um, but I am framing this, uh, this episode around two particular books, both of them self-published, because as far as I can see, there are very, very few traditionally published orc romance novels. Um, huh. I, yeah, I looked, I, I dug, um, there's very few of them on uh, a certain online marketplace uh, that we sh- shan't be named mm-hmm. in the presence of a bookseller. Yep, yep. yep. Um, there's about 400, as opposed to with Billionaire Romance, there were 50,000. So, you oh, know, Jesus. yeah. <laughs> 400. You'd think, though, with the amount of, like, fantasy freaks out there. I, See, I say that in a loving term because well, that I was- am one. That was my thought, right? I was like, you know, for as long as as Lord of the Rings has been out, uh, and f- for as long as there's been D and D and and all those goddamn dirty nerds, um, <laughs> that that you know someone will want to bone down hard with an orc, um, and of course that of course it is true. People have, and there's probably many a uh, uh, a binder full of horny teenagers. <laughs> fan fiction out there um but but as far as stuff that is out there that's you know readable and not fan fiction <laughs> um and you can make an argument that all orc fiction is is itself fan fiction because a lot of it is based on kind of tolkienish lore right, right. um yeah. it, there's there's vanishingly little um, that being said, I did find some good-ass fucking books, um, which is so, so fun. The first book I read, which introduced me to this genre and made me go, ah, I need to stop because I have to, I have to read this with Kat, um, <laughs> was The Lady and the Orc by Finley Fenn. Oh, um, such a good title. Yeah. And, uh, I'm gonna be real with you. This one was a toughie. It was... It's part of a series. It's extremely well written. The world building. It's it's set in a sort of medieval fantasy type world. Um, it is extraordinarily uh, thoughtful. And it's very very long. It's got really rich world building. Um, the it, the premise is that a a cruel lord uh, has abandoned his wife. Uh, to, to an orc invasion of his stronghold while he is rode off to on another petty campaign. And while he is gone, you know, the orcs invade and the head orc uh, takes, takes his wife. And she is seduced by said orc and she agrees to be his wife. Um, and, and he she believes that he immediately betrays her and and it's a really nuanced complicated love story that being said um it's got the some real kinky sex shit in it though like real kinky weird i wonder 
Is that a theme? The with word all orc books. The words fountain and <laughs> like spooge <laughs> are used. Oh god. You know you're in for a good time when you read fountain. Yeah. Um, do you know what hyperspermia is? <laughs> oh god, no. Well, it's when there's a lot, you know? It's yeah. It's when there's like too much. <laughs> Is this is this something all orcs suffer from? Well, well, you know, okay, so as I was, like, breaking down the subgenre and really trying to, like, uh, analyze why people would fantasize about them and why people would want to make them into a romance hero, I kind of came to this place where I realized that orcs themselves inhabit all of the characteristics of a traditional alpha hero. Aside from, generally, being considered traditionally handsome, right? Mm -hmm. They are huge, muscled, uh, you know, battle-hardened, willing to fight for the the woman they want. Um, Typically, they're very possessive. Uh, They, you know, the whole, like, kidnapping a wife trope, which is very popular across all genres within romance um, is particularly, you know, within the orc subgenre, as you can imagine. Um, But the key difference being that, you know, orcs are considered by our standards quite ugly and in most lore considered ugly. They're considered like corruptions of of something beautiful, depending on what you're reading. Um, And I I found that very interesting because it's very much a beauty and the beast trope. And... I so the second book I read, which was uh, f- lacked <laughs> lacked most of the crazy kinky shit from from the Lady and the Orc. Um, it was a little bit of a softer story. It definitely had a lot of really sad parts. I did cry reading it. Um, but it was uh, Honor Among Orcs by Amalia Dillon, um, which I wrote as Beauty and the Beast meets the Pelinor series, which is what we were talking about last night, um, <laughs> where uh, this orc chieftain is being held prisoner within a mirror of this evil king who abuses his daughters and um one of his daughters in escaping her fate as being like basically sold to this evil duke she she like runs into this mirror and discovers him and they work together to escape and uh it's like god this really interesting magical system and the world is extremely fun and um she she, like (laughs) there's no like superpowers necessarily but there's everything's based on blood magic um and the the character the hero is incredibly sympathetic and he's he's extremely hopeful character whereas They, they, you know, I think everyone, or at least what I've read so far, these people tend to always make a point of, like, the orcs realizing that they are corruptions and wishing they could be beautiful. Ugh. Yeah. Because there's usually some dick elf who's, like, in the corner going, like, hey, you ugly now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Fucking elves, man. Yeah. Listen, orcs get kind of a bad rep. They're the, they're the underdogs. Exactly. I mean- exactly. They're, you know... And and in um, in the lady and the orc, they definitely 
like the the orcs are are very pained by the fact that they know they're ugly and that women are scared of them. Um, That's so sad. And their mothers are terrified of them. Uh, oh my God. And, yeah, and and they they feel a lot of self hatred about it, and they don't want to be that way because no one want to be that way. Um, no. That being said, these huh. books are great. Well, both of these books are great. They're very different, but they're very very good. Okay, I have a question. I have I have many questions. Yas, yas, queen. Okay, first question is: How do the authors describe them in the book? Like, do they go? Do they assume that you already know what an orc is in your head, or do they go into detail? So it depends. Some authors lean into the angle that these creatures are definitely ugly. Like these these people are ugly, ugly, ugly. There's no getting around it. Like they got small, beady little eyes and mm-hmm. sallow skin, and you know, huge hulking, bent over forms and drool or whatever. Right? Some people go really hard on that, and some people really enjoy that. Right? In uh, Lady and the Orc, she kind of definitely there's like there's some of that. You know, he's he's described as being not traditionally handsome. One might say. Um, in in uh, Honor Among Orcs, he's basically, like, he's just a dude with green skin, kind of, with tusks. But he's he's just a handsome fellow with, that happens gotcha. to be green with some tusks, you know? Like, yeah. Like like a Shrek, kind of. Well, hey, bud, that says more about you than I think it says about the genre, don't it? <laughs> Shrek is, like, normal, except for his, you know, weird little ears. Is he? Is he normal? <laughs> I'm not sure, but now that I've said it, I want to watch the movie. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's that's a love story. I'll take it. It is. Um. So yeah. So some the, the answer to your question is some people lean into like describing how ugly they are. Some people just you know gloss over the surface and let you imagine a cute little twink you know with green skin you know like I don't know. It, it there's a spectrum. There's there's definitely a sub genre within the genre of people who like the really. I don't know if you've seen the World of Warcraft orcs. No, I haven't. Oh, well, they, like, wear, like, huge armor and, like, giant Mm -hmm. helmets with horns and, like, battle axes and, you know, huge tusks and stuff. And some people lean into that. So, you know, it depends. I wonder if there's a correlation between the authors who, like, describe the orc as uglier and how, like, BDSM-filled the book is going to be well it's funny you should say that because because it's not they're not necessarily bdsm but i would say that there is a certain amount of um abduction romance within it and with abduction romance i think you tend to get a lot of like oh this young maiden is is absolutely ravaged by this hideous beast and his <laughs> while his grunting lackeys cackle in a oh, corner <laughs> you know like there's a lot yeah. of that stuff right um the books i cited not really um because i'm not <laughs> i'm not like into that um, Fair. but you know there's 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 aspects of that stuff right like there's also somewhere you know, I'm sure there's somebody who's written one where, like, you know, the ladies get, like, gang-banged in the, you know, after a... I'm sure, yeah. Or horde invades. But, hey, I'm going to send you... Now, I did not make a visual aid for this, um, but I did stumble across uh, an interesting um, book cover <laughs> that I did try to read, but then could not due to several reasons. Um <laughs> 
But this is what you 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 mentioned that you needed something to focus on while we uh while we recorded. Oh God! So I'm gonna give you that right now. Oh Lord. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's a that's a World of Warcraft orcs. What you're looking at, and for the for the listeners at home, <clears throat> it is essentially a a. World of Warcraft orc that has been taken from some promo material and slapped on uh, a book cover with a model, uh, some sort of lady model, also cut out from what looks like an ad campaign of some sort and slapped onto it as well. That book has a weird amount of Catholic stuff in it. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that book today, but that's what I want you to look at while we're talking. That is, that is, hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, like, wrap my head around sleeping with that. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Though I was right about the horned things. Very yeah. good handholds. Yep. Yep. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of horns. And pretty much across the spectrum of supernatural slash sci-fi slash fantasy romance, horns are a big deal. Okay. I also feel like there's going to be a correlation between the people who like cartoon porn and the people who like some of this well, romance. you can do the research into that because I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. So, do you know the history of orcs at all? Not really, no. Okay. What, what, do, you, what do you think orcs started with? Uh, man. I'm going to shame myself because I need to reread Lord of the Rings. Because that's, you know, the context, the Bible. That's where it all comes from. Um... But I assume they were just evil beings. But I have always wondered, and this actually you can answer for me. I'm very excited. How do orcs reproduce when there are no women? (laughs) Well, so there's like different answers to this, right? Because there's the romance novel answer. (laughs) And then there's there's the, uh, the answer that we get from like Tolkien, which is essentially orcs are made, right? They're they're made by right. an evil hand. So they don't need to reproduce because there there's like an endless amount of dead elves that they can, you know, harvest from or whatever. Right, right, yeah. right. Yes. That's how that works. Okay. So my first my first introduction to orcs was uh also it was Lord of the Rings movies when um Saruman is like touring through his like Urukai factory and like they pull the dude out and then he like strangles his like the guy who's like trying to clean his face uh and he's and he like gets the white hand of Saruman on his face and he was like the hot one <laughs> um well that's how I viewed it at least <laughs> I don't mean to show my show my true colors but he was the hot one <laughs> Um, and then, and then, of course, we have you know in Peter Jackson's uh, the Hobbit series, which are only watchable for two reasons: um, uh, Thranduil and uh, the White Orc, which um, he was also pretty hot, but he was stacked. So, and he had like blades for hands or whatever the fuck I don't remember. He had like one yeah. one blade hand. Um, oh, that sounds fun. I don't remember what he looks like. He's very scary, but. I'm into it. You like a villain. 
I do. I do like it a villain. Um, (laughs) But but so I was looking into this and I was like, well, where did Tolkien get orcs from? Because he didn't make them. Right. Yeah. Um. So you're you're on the money in that they do come from European folklore and they are essentially sort of like a ghoul, an evil spirit. Okay. Here's what's whack. <laughs> um. And they the word is literally derived from what I could tell from from the word orca. Like the whale. Yeah, like the whale, and huh. I. And I, I guess it's, like, has something to do with, like, like killer something, you know? Like, but it has a really weird history. I'm not going to get into that because I didn't really write it in my outline. But um, <laughs> my, my exact words were, orcs have a weird-ass history, but suffice it to say that the word is sort of derived from orcas and then morphed into ogre and then onto orc into in medieval England. So interesting. You're not that far off with the whole Shrek thing, as much as that pains me to say. (laughs) (laughs) And and orc romance isn't new, right? Like obviously, like I said, there's a lot of nasty, unpublished fan fiction out there Mm. in dusty Mm -hmm. binders that shall never see the light of day. (laughs) Much to my infinite grief. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you know, it's not. It's not. It wasn't considered commercially viable. Until very recently when, you know, I have a hard time imagining publishers getting super behind it. Um, oh, hell no. Uh, until now, right? This is probably as viable as it's ever been. Because um, yeah. monster romance is, is you know, <sighs> hitting the mainstream, which is great you, for me. Can you imagine in, like, the age of Fabio if there's a writer who's like, hey, I have this idea, but it's an orc? Just like the look on the, on the publisher's face. Yeah, like like the flame of flower comes out the year before, and then somebody's like, "Hey, but what if <laughs> she fucked an orc?" Stay with me now, and she liked oh, it. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a nope. Unless like the orc was like handsome by day, then by night an orc. Oh, it is Shrek. Everything leads back to Shrek. Everything, all roads lead back to the swamp. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> So I, I was looking at Google Trends because I was interested to see, like, again, I, th- I thought this was much more popular than it is. Um, and I didn't really see anything. There was not enough search results for, for it to pick up things anything for um, orc romance. However, <laughs> orc love did what? get a, a, a lot of spikes in 2004. Now, I don't know what, what? that was about. But that's something I did learn. There was a lot of search results for Orc Love in 2004. Or at least searches for, for Orc Love. So, you know. Oh, I need to know why. I, this, I, is my new, this is my new quest. Yeah. I need to find out why. Well, somebody can tell us. If you know. Yeah, if you know, p- please let us know. I am now infinitely curious. Um... So, in, like I said, you know, orcs tick all the boxes of being a good romance hero, right? Big, alpha, misunderstood, violent, right. um, mm-hmm. except for except for their good looks. Um, but as I got into this, right, I I I was in, originally intending to break down a single book with you because I was like, this is cat's flavor, you know. <laughs> uh- <laughs> okay, the fact that like this is my flavor. Yes. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's too bad. Gotta figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
else was you. I going to talk about this? Like, I could talk to V, That's I guess, true. but that would I be boring. I don't think V or Fred would want to sit still for, for for this part. Fred and I have agreed that um his his episodes are almost solely going to be where I reveal how much alien romance I read. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Spoilers. I respect that. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. like so much. It's like a lot. Listen, my, Which, the algorithm it disproportionately recommends alien romance. Alien romance. It's not my fault. I really, my hands are tied, metaphorically and and literally. Because <laughs> I've been, ad- been abducted by an alien. <laughs> Do you know how often I have thought about alien, like alien sex and being abducted by aliens since A, knowing you, and B, listening yeah. to your podcast? <laughs> Mission accomplished. You did, yeah. You you did your job. You made another another follower of alien alien romances. I'm not sure about the breeder part, but the at least alien. There's like so much breeding stuff in it, huh? Well, anyway, another day, another time, <laughs> another episode. <laughs> okay, so as I was looking into this, I was going to do an individual book breakdown, um, and then. I really started thinking about what I knew about orcs. And I had a thought while I was cooking in the kitchen. I was sitting in my kitchen and I was stirring some eggs or what all. And <laughs> I I did think to myself, hey, are orcs racist? Oh. And then I oh, thought, shit. oh, no. <laughs> huh. So I, I typed that question into Google <laughs> and I did get an answer. <laughs> You are the one person that's going to fuck up all of Google's algorithms. I just, I, so I just, I think about things and then I need to know, but. I understand. So, so the, the easy answer to that question is. Kinda. uh, (laughs) A little bit. I mean, it depends. It does depend. And it's, it, what Uh I came, the conclusion I came to. Uh, which is important because I'm white and I, I have <laughs> dominion over this and how people <laughs> should feel about racist depictions of things. Um, but after reading a lot of articles and and really sitting on a lot of these opinion pieces from both sides of the aisle and from people who just don't give a shit um, and reading Tolkien's letters in particular. Gotcha. I, I have come to the conclusion that they are as racist as we want them to be right there is makes sense there's no separating something from a racist origin right and there's no denying like people like to scrub the fact that tolkien did come a very from a very racist place when he created orcs um and also the implications within like uh dungeons and dragons and and uh in uh, World of Warcraft, right? These beings that were, you know, the shadow of the more sophisticated, generally white populations of these lands who were, in at least in D&D, you couldn't be a protagonist. You had to be a villain if you wanted to be an orc. Like, there, it was an evil race. And, and that whole dynamic is inherently pretty messed up. Right. And there's a lot of parallels there. I'm not saying it's one to one. I'm not saying that everyone needs to see it as that because there's a lot of argument about this. But but 
you can make an argument that that is also inherently kind of racist, right? Especially when a lot of the physical features that are put onto the art of these things is itself kind of racist. Like, it's usually, like, dark skin, broad noses, bigger lips, like, you know... It's um it, it's a it's a toughie it's a toughie because so many people have separated it from that. Yeah, it's like um when it's it's also really hard for fantasy authors and a lot of them that have been called out for it. But when mm-hmm. you create like a almost like a barbarian race, right? yeah, you need something for the civilized world to fight against. Yeah, that's how I kind of associated them. Yeah, well, so when I, I, I also was on the same same wavelength as you. I was like, oh, well, they're like marauding hordes. And the first thing I thought of when I think of like the traditional marauding horde is like the Huns, right? Yeah. Um, and and I wasn't, turns out it wasn't that far off. Um, so I did some research on it. I found a lot of troubling articles. A lot of people just talking out their butts. Um, I found this one particular article from... Psychology Today uh, oh. that says, no, uh, orcs aren't racist. Um, I'm sorry. They did an actual article about whether or not orcs are racist? Yeah. Yeah. And it is incredibly judgy. Like, the the word pearl clutchers is used four or five times, which I'm like, how is this a professional article? Like, in a, in a psychology... Anyway, um, it was Weird. hard to stomach. This... <laughs> But but they they break down the argument and and I'll 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 uh <laughs> the need for content <laughs> yeah just really makes people desperate <laughs> yeah and like they they liken it to the satanic panic of the 1980s and I'm like that is not in any way Whoa. what's happening here yeah uh, so I'll, let me read read you a couple of things okay here. yeah 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 um the, so they they start by breaking down. Uh, the 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 argument, which is one, playing Dungeons and Dragons either as or fighting against orcs may promote racist attitudes in real life. Two, the origin of the orc in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is based on anti-Asian or alternatively anti-African racism. Three, the concept of race in fantasy role-playing or fiction novels or movies is quote problematic as it implies a kind of biological essentialism. Now you can already hear the snark I think coming through there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, they go on to say, and this is an article by Christopher J. Ferguson, PhD, if that matters. Um, <laughs> and they go on to say that um, essentially if you say goblins are evil monsters, uh, this is racist as it robs fictional creatures of their agency and defines them by their race. I have never, ever in any of my research or my, all of my many, many years on the interwebs um, heard anyone refer to the problem is that <laughs> ever, wow. ever. It is not that the idea of race is a problem. That's never the argument. The argument is these depictions are themselves racist of real life people. Like that—that that is, <laughs> like, wow. It's like the. It doesn't sound like he's ever actually read fantasy. It doesn't sound like he he took a second. He just like no heard that people were upset about this thing and was like, oh, well, these these pearl clutchers, uh, they, they must, uh, 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 they, they're probably mad because the concept of race exists in these, uh, in, in, in these, in these stupid little, uh, magic-y novels with fairies and shit. <laughs> Fucking dweebs! Like, get out of here. Um, 
I, I, I'm going to quote again from this because I just couldn't get over, <laughs> get over the sheer <laughs> contempt this person has for, for this very real argument being made by people who, who do feel that this is a problem or at least something that should be acknowledged. Like, even if, right. even if it's not a problem, even if we have adopted this, this world and these beings and separated them from their racist origins, if you believe that's possible. Um, like, it's still something we should talk about, you know? <laughs> like, I don't... Anyway, to quote from the article again, if this all sounds like a tempest in a teapot, it kind of is. But it harkens back to the days in the 80s and 90s when the Dungeons & Dragons game was the target of a moral panic uh, nah. by Christian conservatives who worried about the game promoting Satanism, suicide, psychosis, and violence. That's not wrong. Uh, that did happen. You can listen to a very interesting Behind the Bastards episode on it. Also, an uh, interesting episode by Stuff You Should Know. However, as we debate the racism as a race, the racism of a race that doesn't exist in the real world, it helps to revisit an exceptionally earnest 60-minute documentary segment from the 80s on Dungeons & Dragons. Today's moral panic over race and racism in the game has a strange moralistic echoes of the 1980s panic, with the exception that, today, there aren't any bodies of dead teenagers for moral entrepreneurs to point to. So what he's saying is, it's like the 1980s satanic panic, but stupider, because kids aren't even dying. <sighs> Which is such a hot take. Like, such a hot take. I... <laughs> It's just, it's very dismissive over and everything. He, he goes on to say that because Tolkien had a fundamentally anti-war, man should fight for man regardless of where they come from, race, creed, whatever, right? Uh, if he had some racist ideology, if he had some racist imagery in his works, well, uh, he did everything else right, so I can't believe we're even, like, focusing on this. Um, <laughs> Jesus, it was a terrible, terrible article. I'm going to link it. All of, all of the stuff I'm going to talk about here is going to be linked in the show notes. It's, it's an extremely contemptuous article. I, I'm very, I get really riled up when I read just what is essentially, a, it's just a think piece. This is just this man's opinion. Um, yeah. it's not even journalism. Anyway, it's a blog no. post, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes, that's that's what it is. <laughs> he even goes so far as to quote Tolkien's own letters where he says some extremely racist shit, which I'm going to read now, um, and then promptly dismisses it, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you... you I, don't, I don't know. What? So from Tolkien's, a collection of Tolkien's letters, which uh, are all published online. Again, I will link to a PDF uh, that I found that has like 300 letters or whatever of his but um i also found some really funny shit because there's just like letters to fans and stuff asking like stupid questions and he's just like answering them in a very funny way somebody asked if they could name a breeds of siamese cats after uh races in middle earth and he was just like i don't give a shit um anyway <laughs> but to get to the nitty-gritty here um the in letter 210 uh in in this compendium he says the orcs are definitely stated to be corruptions of the quote human form seen in elves and men they are or were parentheses squat broad-nosed sallow-skinned with wide mouths and slant eyes in fact degraded and repulsive versions of the 
in parentheses, to Europeans, least lovely Mongol types. Oof. Oh. Direct quote. Oh, ow. Oh, it hurts me in so many ways. Yep. Yeah. And then he promptly dismisses it. Yeah. And then he says that, oh, that's really not that racist. And also, even if it was, it doesn't matter because, uh, you know, he 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 wrote about not liking war. <laughs> How is that how is that not racist when that's literally obviously what was in his mind when he was writing about Oryx? Yeah. Yeah. And and they'll they'll point to a lot of times like, oh well orcs predated Tolkien. True. That's true. But the orcs we know today in media are Tolkien orcs. Like there's no two ways about it. They are. They are, they are, they are. So we come to a place where we have to decide, you know, what this means. We're, are people going to cancel orcs? <sighs> no. You know, <laughs> probs not. Like, like, are people who write about orcs inherently racist? No. No. Like I said, these, to to my romance writer and, and reader eyes, they are a perfect alpha trope, right? A perfect Beauty and the Beast metaphor wrapped up in like one single neatly packaged canon that I can pick and choose from. Um, I would never, you know, if I wasn't who I am as a person, I wouldn't have thought that these were racist, right? I would have just been like, yeah, they're like monsters or whatever, right? You know? Yeah. It's like when you find out that that goblins are actually super, super anti-Semitic, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, when you grow up, it gets hard because all the things you used to read is suddenly mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much more to it. And and we have to make a choice, right? We have to make a choice about <sighs> reclaiming things and, yeah. and reassigning definitions. Um, I just recorded an episode with Fee, which will probably come out after this episode. But we were talking about the reclaiming of myths uh to be to be feminist and and to or to make them into love stories when the origin of certain myths was really very horrifying you know a lot of rape and like that that doesn't it's not a matter of sanitizing them it's it's more of a how do we want to how do we want to define our stories and we we do have the power to redefine them but i do think you know obviously we need to talk about it yeah it must be a global conscious decision of sorts and you know what as a white person if um i'm playing D D with a friend of mine you know who's a person of color and they go hey i'm not really comfortable with this because you know dang is that like kind of racist i'm gonna be like oh shit you know what if you feel like it's racist who the hell am i abigail kelly a consummate white person to say it's not (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh it was it was definitely interesting i also read a really good series of of articles by a person named james mendez hodes or hodes he wrote two very long in-depth articles on the subject and he is a person of color and he kind of grapples with this because he's a huge fan and he loves orcs and you know he loves this but he he definitely is like this is something we need to talk about because it is a good example of insidious racism in you know genres that kind of get away with a lot because they're you know kids they're dismissed offhand yeah yeah so definitely you can like these things and not be racist 
right? Um, but to ignore the racism in their origins, I think, does a disservice, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't help it, right? It, like I, you know, it. I don't know. I I. I very much still like orcs, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> because as we know them now, you know, in media, they're so divorced, right? Like, I... But if somebody were to come up to me and be like, hey, I think it's kind of fucked up that, you know, these orcs, you know, have all these connotations, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't... That is true. Yeah. But then what do we do with that? It's... It's a... Uh... I think a struggle a lot for fantasy as a genre, mm-hmm. but for the book world in general, because right, the written yeah. world has been around for so long. How do you grapple with all of these ideas and themes that are horrific? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard as a, just as a bookseller. Um, you have to be really careful about what you recommend. Mm-hmm. And go almost to the extreme level of like PC, yeah. especially when you recommend if you don't who know know who you're recommending to. Yeah. Um, but there have definitely been some moments where I'm like looking at my child, like my favorite books as a kid, and I'm so excited and so happy to recommend them to a new generation. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, this might I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea. But yeah, this is very bad. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's a less obvious uh, form of that, right? When it's like, it's not like when I, you know, would hand sell Peter Pan and be like, hey, by the way, <laughs> Just you, know, so you know, Peter Pan yeah. is one of my favorite books of all time, but it has some extremely fucked up racist stuff in it. That whenever yeah. I read it, I go, whoa! And I gotta, like, put the book away like it just released a, like, stink bomb. Like, huh! <laughs> you know, Jesus! Um, but, you know, not having those conversations, I feel like, is is more harmful than than being forced to have them, right? Having a, having a tough conversation with your kids as you read Peter Pan and be like, hey, there's a reason we don't talk like this anymore, right? It's probably a lot more valuable than just not reading it. Oh, yeah. But in this case, right, it's 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 so much more nuanced. It's a lot more hidden. And so it becomes a lot harder to have a conversation about. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, that shit's racist, right? Like, it's, it, you know, it's it's a lot tougher. Um, yeah. And, and it's kind of similar to... You know, the romance genre has a lot of these kinds of tropes where if you look at them for more than two seconds, you go, oh, woof, <laughs> you know? Oh, so many, so many times that I'm like, I shouldn't like this, but I do. But I do, but I do. That That's because we're, generally speaking, adults who can separate reality from fiction. Yeah. And you can enjoy a story that has some really gruesome stuff in it or some, like, really messed up sex stuff, right? <laughs> that, like, you wouldn't personally want to do. But, hey, you can enjoy reading about it because yeah. you're not, like, it's not going to drive you to make those decisions. And and that is an argument that's made, especially in that Psychology Today article. That is a real point, which is that there is not a lot of evidence that this stuff does lead people to actually do certain things in real life. Just, like... um you know, tactical video games have shown to have no real impact as far as we're aware on people going out and buying guns and shooting up a grocery store. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a very, there's almost like a, a, a very, a balance between mm-hmm. author's intention yeah. and the reader's interpretation. Because mm-hmm. no way in hell, when I picked up Lord of the Rings as a kid, was I like, oh yeah, these orcs, you know, they're the Huns, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's like there's there's no way in my mind that I would do that. But looking back, it's good to have the perspective. And also <laughs> it's upsetting to have the perspective, but it makes me more aware of what I'm reading. Well, it does definitely lead you into like the territory of what is death of the author, right? Yeah. Um the author's intent might have been racist, but if the vast majority of the general public and the people who who love it and even the people who criticize it don't really see it as being a problem, then it doesn't like then it have it's, to be. Then it doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. Like and that's where I said, you know, at the beginning when I when I introduced this part of the, the <laughs> podcast, I said, kind of, right? It it is it is as racist as we want it to be. Um yeah. And I think the people who write orc romance in particular are not in any way coming at this from a racist angle in, in any capacity. So. Not like, no, no, no. These books are generally fundamentally about compassion and accepting yourself and, you know, finding and beauty underneath the skin and, you know, not just in organs, but also emotionally. It's also about horns and probably a very big dick. Huge pendulous hogs. <laughs> like it doesn't even get comfortable after a while. Okay. Oh like... no, there's always like a so there is. <laughs> on a lighter note, <laughs> one thing I have I you know I've I've gotten used to with reading you know a romance novel a day pretty much is that there's always a dick reveal, and uh, oh, there's so much fun. They're just there's always you know a solid page of the book where the 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 heroine sees the hog for the first time and just goes, <laughs> oh let me chronicle every vein and and wrinkle and. You know Ugh. what all you know piercings and 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 such like, um, and pulsing veins and and color and and because <laughs> it's always a fun color. No, <laughs> actually, you would know better than I would. Yeah, I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think you've really surpassed me at this point. Oh, like, there's no way I could I could touch. <laughs> No. What you have read. No. I've read so many I've read just I've read so many bad <laughs> just <laughs> tremendously bad uh works of fiction. Uh <laughs> but I always have fun, so it's it's fine. But in these in these dick reveals, it is generally I don't think I've read a single romance novel in at all ever that has not described like a, a penis in in terms of kind of abject horror <laughs> right where it's like this it's usually described as like a, a a baseball bat between his legs or like a monster or, you know you know the, the the fucked up thing is i don't know yeah. about everyone um i know about you and me and you mm. and me started reading romance very very young mm. too young 
so yeah, it set my expectations so high. So when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, this is what I want. Yes, I would like, you know, a 12-inch penis. Thank you very much. That sounds wonderful. And, and then five go- hours of foreplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. An emotional connection and a man who <laughs> loves to cuddle. <laughs> and who will apologize when he fucks up. Unrealistic standards. Very unrealistic. And then you grow up and you realize you don't really want a whole lot of that. But, oh, you God, know, no. You can have it in your books. That's um, where it's good. I, I always tell a story uh, about how... So I, if, if you're new to the podcast, you might not have heard yet. But I, I am an artist as well. I'm an illustrator. And I went to art school. And for the first like two years of art school, all you do is draw naked people. And um, so one of my classes was an anatomy class, which was drawing naked people with an instructor who knows a lot about like muscles and shit. (laughs) And we had it was a six hour long class. And for three hours, we had one model. And then for the other three hours, we had another model. So we always had two models. So I went to that class twice a week. So I had like, I was seeing so many naked people. That wasn't even my only naked class. Anyway, I'm so like desensitized to nudity. It's not even (laughs) funny. But um, one time we had this dude who was called Z, um, (laughs) probably because they couldn't bear to name him because this man had the single biggest hog I've ever seen in my life. Like, and I mean that across every spectrum, like in person, online, like in theory, I have never in my life, like this thing could have broken windows. It was huge. And (laughs) I will never forget I was sitting next to a friend of mine who was, like, in his 40s. There's a lot of people going to art school. It's, like, a a late-in-life career change, you know, stuff like that. And he had been a Marine. He was this kind of grizzled, very, very nice guy uh, named Perry. And uh, (laughs) he was sitting next to me. And I was, like, preparing my charcoal and my big big drawing pad and what all. And then, you know, I I looked up and I saw Z up there on the pedestal with it all, you know, out. And um, I, I, I must have made some sort of noise <laughs> of terror because, <laughs> like, Barry turns to me and just fucking, like, loses it. Just immediately loses mine because he knows exactly what I'm thinking. And I just stare at my, my pad because I just was so scared like I had a very like a visceral reaction and I just like I couldn't even clench my legs together because I I'm, you're like straddling these like seat things uh, anyway oh god all that oh, to say so good. the dick reveal in romance novels is a lot of times a lot like that <laughs> and in particular with orcs because the like shy maiden or what all like right. goes like oh god how is that ever gonna fit oh no thank you you're not coming anywhere near me with that sir no thank you this this garage is closed gate down gate down <laughs> oh man the idea of you drawing or having to draw like hundreds of dicks when you barely even say dick yeah or, or penis out yeah. loud yeah Makes yeah. me so happy. I just got so used to it. I mean, there's only a couple of times that I've really been like, it, it took so much. Like that was that was in year two, right? So I was yeah. very desensitized. So that should tell you how big of a hog this man had. Like it's sh- like the the only two two other times that I ever got got 
was my very first day <laughs> of art school <laughs> when uh, the the famous model, uh, this old man, who everyone knew, he everyone in art school, basically, who was in the drawing major, had had this man in his model as a model like a hundred times. Um, but he was this old, grizzled, pot-bellied man with a big white beard. And he gets up on the stage in front of me and I'm maybe five feet away. Um, and I look up at him and his, his balls are the size of a grapefruit. <laughs> and I just kind of had to sit there for a second. Cause I, what do you do with that? Right. First day of art school. What do you do? <laughs> and then the second time, uh, was when in that same anatomy class, I think it might've been the same day as Z. Actually, this was a bad day for me because he, the other model was this, little like um latin gentleman who was like the exact opposite of z in every way like z was just like super he was an adonis he was he was shredded and like tall and again the the hog um but he uh this other guy wore a cock ring the whole time shut the fuck up and that was deeply upsetting (laughs) and no one knew what to do with that including my professor who was this like very retiring little man who would just like was very like um um well and i'm like this this can't be this can't be correct this can't be anyway not that doesn't have anything to do with romance novels but (laughs) i mean or everything it It has everything to do with it it's true it's good is that his fetish like put on a cock ring and then just like stand up in front of a bunch of people well there definitely are like that is a thing that they have to filter through in art school um like people people who just really enjoy getting off to to people seeing them naked um i think Paige had an incident where a gentleman had a i was gonna ask yeah the whole time and he was dribbling on the floor the whole time oh Oh yeah. my god, no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's because- a romance novel. <laughs> There's a mute cute for you. Be the one to have to clean up the stage. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> anyway, well, we thoroughly grossed out everyone after talking about racism for like 25 minutes. Uh- <laughs> hey, as a listener, I'm okay mm. with a little more sex, Abigail. I actually would like to know how it went down between the orcs and the ladies. Oh, well, is this is this on the the planned schedule to discuss this? <laughs> I part? knew you would ask. I already told you hyperspermia is a thing. Like, what do you what do you want from me? Uh, I mean, meh. I want to know, like, okay, okay. so plot wise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are are they both kidnapped? No, no. One of them runs away mm-hmm. because she's in the mirror. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And there's probably time for them to cuddle and get to know each other, or whatever. Yeah. What What about this other one? Um. So the other one is she's she's like the lady of the keep. Um. This orc right. to get back at her evil husband for being like one of the main dudes leading the offensive against orcs. He kidnaps her, and um. Is I, he planning on 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 fucking her? Like, is that oh is he like this for is my sure? Okay. Okay. For so sure. A little creepy and rapey. <laughs> so here's the thing with that one is that it is that one's that one's tough. That one's a tough read. Not because that it, it is rapey, I would say, because um, it's kind of not. What, what it is is it's a very complicated relationship due to the fact that, like you know, um, 
she is she knows she's like a political prisoner essentially right right and there's this much bigger war and these orcs are just trying to survive they're being hunted and also they don't have any women of their own like if like you asked how do they procreate well in this book they need human women and human women find them repugnant and that's really Um, hard when you just like want to be loved right but you have to kidnap a woman and hope that she eventually likes you um like they don't they don't make a habit of necessarily like raping these women they but they have to they have to have women you know yeah um or else they'll die out so um which which is a very sticky gray area but in this particular one like she realizes that she is a pawn but he and this is major spoilers here so please do read the book but um in the first like 100 pages or so um he seduces her you know he kind of he's much nicer than her husband and Good for you. and Good for you bro yeah he's like a nice guy and he tells her you know i did kidnap you and you are a political prisoner but I have been watching you for a really long time and I've seen how kind you oh. are. And I, and I actually like, I, I took you because I wanted you not because of this thing. That's just a benefit. Right. And. Oh, he's he, smart. Yeah. And he convinces her that like, you could be loved with me. You could be cherished with me. Like we cherish our wives because we know how hard it is to be with us. Um, and that's, that's sad. That's very, very sad. So sad. And, and she gives in, she gives in and she sleeps with him and she agrees to be his wife or mate or whatever the hell. Um, and then he does something incredibly fucked up (laughs) that like ruins their whole relationship. They always do. They literally have it in the bag and then they do something so stupid that I'm like, Really? Yeah, he, 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 um, to prove that he did, that he, he conquered her and that he has now humiliated the man that they're fighting against, he has sex with her. And while she's still dripping, um, he drags her out in front of all of the orcs and eats her wedding ring. Um, (laughs) yeah. And, and makes her, basically makes it out to be like, I fucked his wife. How funny is that? She gave in so fast. It was it was so funny. Um, was that the first time? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, At least, and like let her be a part of it. Yeah, he doesn't warn her or anything. He literally just drags her out because it's like part of the show, right? For her to be like horrified. Um, Ugh. Ugh. It's re- it is extremely fucked up. They bounce back. <laughs> they bounce back. <laughs> it, like he definitely. He hates that he does it, right? But he is—he's fighting a war, right? right? Yeah. Um, and that's part of it. Psychology is part of it, and it's—it's it's a much grittier world than uh, uh, honor among orcs, um, because of because of stuff like that. This author's cool. Good for her. Yeah, please, please read Finley Fenn. Uh, Finley Fenn is a great author. I think all of their books are on Kindle Unlimited, as are um, all of Amalia Dillon's. Um, they're great, great books. They're handled so sensitively. Um, I You root for everyone. Um, if you're not into kinky sex stuff, uh, you're in the wrong genre. I'll start off there. Um, <laughs> but, hey, Amalia Dillon doesn't have a lot of kinky sex stuff. There's defo sex. But it's not, it's not fountains of gooshy, gooshy, gooshy stuff, you know? Oh, fountains. Like, she opened her legs and then, like, you know, that kind of, 
like a like a like a water spigot when you put your thumb over the over the top. Yeah, yeah. There's only so long that can go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so another question: Is okay. there another genre as far as kinkiness that has rivaled the orcs? I mean, I guess the aliens probably. Oh, there's some real weird shit with aliens. Um, I mean, all the all the genres do do kinky stuff. Like, there's always a really really kinky corner of every subgenre, right? Um, there's a lot of like shifter, like animal shifter romances in particular that have a lot of really fucked up kinky shit. Um, and um, and I say that lovingly. <laughs> it's not my bag, but like everyone, do you? Um, no judgments. Except a lot of judgments, but but no judgments. Uh, I I actually have a shifter question. Now we're, uh, now we're getting very off topic. Okay. Okay. As as a animal shifter, right in my head, I'm thinking, okay, werewolf, right? That's like a direct shift. However, Fucking what if, boring, huh? It's boring, right? Like, yeah. what if like you can shift, say, one particular part of your body, right? I'm sure that's a genre. Have you stumbled across that yet? Hey, bud, I read an alien romance like that uh, two weeks ago. He could he could change his wangus to be whatever he wanted it to be. <laughs> oh, it pleases me so much that people yep. have thought about these things and then written them. I will say the fun part about alien romances is the unabashed way that these romance writers are just like, I'm just going to turn his whole anatomy down there into a sex toy. Like... The ones yes. I'm reading right now are very, very good. Um, and if I'm here, I might as well name drop uh, because it's the holiday season. Um, yes, buy this for your friends and family, please. Oh, please buy this for your friends and family. Especially um, your family. Yes. Listen, Grandma uh, likes a lot more than you think. So on Kindle Unlimited, you can read this. And I'm sure you can also get it at bookshop.org. A lot of these books are on bookshop.org. Please follow my affiliate link and support the podcast. Um but uh, let's see. Right. These books are the Drixonian Warrior series uh, by Ella Maven. And they're really, really good. I will say she needs a copy editor. There's a fair amount of typos. But prose-wise, plot-wise, world-building-wise, fantastic. Um, but <laughs> as an example of this particular thing, um, the aliens have like a, a like a, I think she calls it an, a node on top that when they're close to being finished suctions on you know no yeah please explain it like reaches out and then it kind of latches on to the clitoris (gasps) yeah so he has like a little little baby (laughs) appendage above the appendage The, the aliens themselves call it a subcock which bothers me immensely because it's not below it's on top Oh, that's great. That's handy, though. Yep, yep. It's funny to me that these people are still, like, they... (laughs) Like, you have... You created an alien race, and you can do whatever you want, so they make them into sex toys. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. They add, like, like ridges and bumpies and (laughs) and, and bumpuses and stuff and a what-all, right? And, And you do that, and you make it basically into a funky, fresh dildo. But you still put the balls on the outside... Oh, that that's true and weird. 
Because, like, Someone that's a that. that's an anatomical flaw. That's a fucked up thing. If you're doing, like, a perfect warrior race, they should not have balls on the outside. No, no. No, they should be inside and protected and keep that shit not safe. where you can see. Yeah. And they and there are some, I should say, there are some books that, that do actually do that. And they, like, the whole, the, everything goes up inside, which is the smarter way to do it. Oh, God. Um, but that does seem much more alien, so you kind of give and take. Um <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, all that to say, orcs have big dicks. I don't know. <laughs> we got there. We got there. We brought it around. We did. We did. We brought it around. We brought it back. We brought it back. They're good books. They're very good books. They're good love stories. If you, hey, listen, hey, it's me. It's me, Abigail. Hey, it's your friend, <laughs> Abigail. You listening to me? Okay, listen. Um, If you want to read books... And just read them and not think terribly critically about them. I think the best genre for that is romance. And it is okay. This is, hey, listen. Hey, <laughs> this is me, Abigail, your friend, podcaster, writer, bookseller. Telling you right now that you can't just read books. <laughs> like, you, you can't just do that. And that's what yeah. I love about romance. Romance is there to invoke emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's the point yeah i you know i think you can you can have that like you can have real good messages you can have good meaningful literature in romance they are not mutually exclusive however you can also just read a nasty fuck book yes yes you can and do that yeah that's okay or you can read like a tooth rottingly sweet like christmas story or whatever the hell makes you feel good i don't know you well, Kat, this has been fun. Did you have a good time? I did. I had a great time. I'm very excited to see what uh, genre or book you pick for me next. <sighs> I'm not because I know exactly what I'm going to do and it's so burdensome upon me. Really? Yeah. That's more fun for me. Yeah. I honestly thought you were going to pick the dragons. No, no, not for you. Because I've already told you a lot about those. That's true. Um, and I also already did a Ruby Dixon episode recently, so I feel like I got to hold off. Gotcha, gotcha. Although there are, anyway, I, I stumbled across, I, I did eventually find more dragon shifter books after a lot of digging and a lot of, you know, false false starts. Um, so Phenomenal. Yeah. Listen, all you dragon lovers out there, keep on writing those books. Thea Harrison, some good fucking books. I love it. Yeah. Though, please come to Abigail to create your covers for you. She's <laughs> a very good artist. No, don't tell them that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, no, no. That's what I extorted you for. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, no. There's a reason I'm not an artist anymore. Well, I'll always be an artist, but there's a reason I don't sell my wares. <laughs> if you want that, go to Paige. She can do it for you. Yeah, there you um, go. She knows how to use Photoshop. All right. Kat, is there anything you wanted to plug here at the end of this tremendous episode? (laughs) Um, The highs and lows galore in this episode. I love how there's like such a serious tone to this podcast. And then it's like, let's talk about big dicks for (laughs) quite quite some time. Then let's go back around. Gotta lighten it. I don't... Some... I will will say anytime I am on your podcast, Mm. I will always try and bring up any of the sex part first that's fair yeah fine and last and see how many bad words i can make you say oh yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I do not have anything to plug for myself, but mm-hmm. I would say to anyone that is listening out there is um, please buy from your local indie bookstore. They yes. are in pain and they need your support and which directly affects these authors who mm-hmm. make a living off of selling their books. They are also need your support. And mm-hmm. these romance authors mm-hmm. who are, you know, putting themselves out there, man, writing this kinky shit that you mm-hmm. always think about, but you don't want to do yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if it's so easy to write, why don't you do it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You Let don't me tell you, to. it's not that easy to write. I have to roar myself with a peanut butter cup every time I write a smut scene. Uh, I've been Abigail Kelly. This has been the Kingdom of Thirst. You've been Cat. Uh, you can find me at Kingdom Thirst at Twitter. Uh, also on Instagram, Kingdom Thirst. You can email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. Please, God, email me. I am bereft. Um, <laughs> send me your recommendations. I don't hate mail. Whatevs. Uh, please, please don't come at me for this episode. I, I don't, I'm not equipped to talk about race or, you know, critical. I, I dropped out of college. I'm so. <sighs> <laughs> start sweating um i just wanted to talk about orcs and then i couldn't not t- talk about orcs if you know with the race in a anyway um big dicks hey big dicks uh, <laughs> but uh yeah follow me on twitter because i need followers uh i will shill uh for for that um oh also i started a new thing where i have a an affiliate store with bookshop.org which benefits indie bookstores and um authors of all kinds there's a lot of self-published authors on there um including you know a lot of a lot of these books that we talk about most of them are on bookshop.org and you can pick up copies and help authors directly as well as help me i get a very very vanishingly small portion of that sale if you click on the links in the description it will take you there to my store where you can also find all almost all of the books that i have talked about on the the podcast so far and will in the future um yes so do that everyone be, just be cool just please be cool. Holidays are coming up. Support your local bookstores. Please just, it's going to, this is coming out probably after Thanksgiving. Yes, definitely after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. is next week. Um, please, please don't travel. <laughs> I'm, I'm sending that thought into the future. Please don't travel. Please, please don't. Please stay don't. home. Stay just, home so you can have a holiday with your family next year. Let's all make a pact. To stay home, avoid our terrible families. Maybe that's just me. But (laughs) avoid our families, terrible otherwise. Grab a book from an indie bookstore or from bookshop.org or go into an author's house, break into their their office, (laughs) grab their computer, leave, Drop the computer because you don't actually need the monitor. Just grab the tower or the laptop or whatever, a hard drive, and then read that. Um, but leave a tip if you do that. Do do leave a tip on their on their kitchen table. Just a tip? Uh, yeah, just a tip. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's a sliding scale. Um, so uh, let's all make a pact to do that. Let's let's read romance novels. It's, it'll be the romance holidays where all we do is is eat food 
and sit on our respective lounges, couches, chases, love seats, beds, whatever, and just read some horny nonsense. Let's yep. all make a pact to do that, huh? Absolutely. Let's just and keep our families alive. Please, God, read smut to save lives. Uh, that is a- an actual viable option. I think we should start a campaign. Because listen, this is this is now this is you time. You know, if you don't have a partner, this is you time. Oh, it's me time, baby. Have oh. some fun with it. Light some candles. You know. Yeah. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Everyone just chill out for a grip. All right? Buy these books. I don't know. It's done. Podcast is done. All right, cats. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.